Welcome to the Fitness Candor Podcast. Your host, Eric Feigl, will be bringing you the truth about exercise and the fitness industry. You'll hear from fitness professionals, exercise science professors and researchers, fitness industry entrepreneurs and leaders, as well as people who simply love to talk shop. Stick around after the show to learn how you can get your topic in an upcoming episode. Enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Fitness Scanner Podcast. I am joined today by Lawrence Neal. Lawrence runs the 15minutecorporatewarrior.com podcast, or excuse me, .com website, also a podcast, Corporate Warrior Podcast. But the um, they're both geared towards health, business, and time optimization. So we'll talk a lot about how all of that applies to how he applies it to his life and how he hopes uh, all of his stories and what he puts on his podcast and his website can apply to your life too. So, uh, Lawrence, thanks for doing this. I know we had a, a couple of hiccups in it, and I apologize for that, but I'm, I'm glad we got you on. No, as you know, that worked out quite well for me. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so no, it's a pleasure being on your show, Eric. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. So tell us a little bit more about yourself, um, in particular, how you kind of made the transition into into creating the 15-minute CorporateWarrior.com, uh, and then the podcast, and maybe we can talk about some of your guests we have in common also. Yeah, sure. Um, well, a long story. I'm going to try and keep it short um, because I can get carried away with this one. But um, <laughs> I've, I've been, you know, from a very young age, from kind of my early 20s, you know, I was very uh, motivated to build a business of my own. I ended up getting into sales after university by accident, um, and I ended up pursuing sales as my uh, career. Um, and, you know, I had a fair amount of success there, but always in the back of my mind, I, I know I wanted to have my own business. You know, I wanted to be an entrepreneur. So I tried a few things, different websites, blogs, affiliate websites, uh, tried to create products and sell them online, that type of thing. Um, Corporate Warrior was the, the, the podcast was how it, um, sorry, so the blog came before the podcast, but the blog was kind of generic health and fitness um, and then I read Body by Science, which completely mm -hmm. blew my mind. So obviously that's a book by Dr. Doug McGuff. Um, and I reached out to Doug, much like you reached out to Wayne, as you were saying to me earlier. Um, and I, I just, you know, I just asked him, you know, would you like to come on to my, or, or it wasn't even a show at that point. It was like, can I, can I interview you for my blog? Something like that. In fact, I should dig up the original email to see what I actually said. It'd be very removed from what I probably <laughs> send to guests now. Um, but Doug, being the you know the the kind and uh, gracious guy that he is, um, said yes and came on and and I just love the whole experience. I mean, yeah. you, you can probably this probably really resonates with you. Like I I love I'm a very curious person. You know, I read something and I've always got a million questions. So it was a great opportunity to ask Doug all these questions I had about body by science. Um, and it was the first thing I'd done in terms of my side hustle internet hobbies that really resonated with people and started building an audience. Um, yeah. And I really enjoyed doing it. So I just kept doing it. You know, I had Drew Bay on and then just started bringing on lots of people that I was interested in talking to. And um, it's grown quite successfully. So that's really pleased, you know, pleasing to see. Um, but I, I don't know if you want to, I got a, like a little story behind all of this that might be interesting to you and your listeners. Yeah, um, definitely. Just yeah. kind of, kind of like, my story behind Corporate Warrior. I mean, so Corporate Warrior is a, is, a, is a kind of a, 
I don't actually know where that originally comes from, but uh, me and my best friend used to joke about, you know, old men that were still wearing suits and, and working, you know, office jobs, you know, sort of in their 50s and 60s and onwards. We used to call them corporate warriors yeah. to kind of like, it's, it's, it was almost like a bit of a neg. It was a bit of like a, a you know, a diss. Um, and we used to kind of joke about it because we always said we will never be those people. We will never be these old fat men in suits <laughs> <laughs> working these office jobs. Um, and uh, and then obviously, you know, with with the with the start of my my blog and podcast, we originally wanted to kind of target and reach out to people that were busy, you know, office workers who didn't have much time, who needed a uh, efficient and effective exercise program. Mm -hmm. Um, and we went with corporate warrior kind of as like a tongue in cheek, um, kind of brand name, but which also captured, you know, the fitness being warrior and then obviously the corporate being the, you know, the corporate professional side of things. Um, so that was kind of the inspiration behind the name. And it's kind of funny because I, in a way have been sort of scratching my own itch with it for a very long time. You know, I used to be, um, a very, very busy corporate warrior myself. You know, I, I, I worked all the hours um, I worked out all the time. So my exercise regime was eight to 10 workouts a week, Ugh. you know, strength training, high intensity interval training, steady state, like 90 minute runs, basketball, like tons and tons of activity. Uh, I also was following a diet at the time that was, it wasn't a bad diet. It was probably better than a lot of the kind of, you know, the basic Western diet. Mm -hmm. um, but it was, it was predominantly fruit and it left me feeling very hungry. So basically my, my life was dominated by work, fitness, and this diet, which left me hungry. So everything else suffered, relationships. Uh, I wasn't actually doing great at work because I was not really, I never had that much energy day to day in the actual job due to my uh, diet and exercise. Um, and, you know, thankfully that all changed. So I, after reading Body by Science, literally overnight i consolidated my exercise regime down to like one or two workouts a week yep. you know from eight to ten um and with that i suddenly had all this time left for you know growing and building my own side business putting a bit more focus and energy into my career and being smarter about it um you know focusing on my relationships and my social as well you know so everything else in my life improved. And that's kind of my story and kind of what I'm trying to do with Corporate Warrior is provide the knowledge via the blog and the podcast to help people go on a similar journey. So it's not just, although I love exercise and high intensity training, which is mm -hmm. a big part of the show. Um, I also touch on subjects like how to be more productive um, and how to be more productive in your career. And if you're starting to, a business on the side, how do you go about doing that without killing yourself? Yeah. You know? Um, so it's trying to help people go along the same journey I have, I suppose, in a way. It's kind of how it's evolved. Yeah, and it's uh, it's the way it's all put together by uh, the guests that you have on. Everybody is when when you listen to the interviews or the podcasts, and you read all the show notes, everything is comprised very like systematically. And I feel like for people who want to optimize their time. Uh, for people who are very efficient, like that's the way you want it. <laughs> so I commend you on that because a lot of that is you don't have to go sifting through notes to find exactly what you want, right? Um, and I find that very interesting about how often do you run into people who maybe have listened to your podcast and then start to think like, holy cow, you know, I, I want to be time efficient and I want to be great at my job, 
I know I have to exercise. Cause I, I'm probably going to stick to more of the exercise side of things because that's, you know, it's part of my shtick on the Fitness Canner podcast. But um, they think I need to exercise. I need to block off time to exercise. I should do it every single day because that's kind of what we've been fed. Um, and people are still kind of leaning towards that cardio heavy side of things um, that, we, that we were kind of dished back in the 90s. Uh, and how often do you run into those people and then find that they make a big switch after listening to some of the guests that you have about how important strength training is and how about um, rest and recovery is more important than the amount that you do? So firstly, I would say that although my podcast is has grown in popularity enormously, um, I'm living in Galway in Ireland, so I don't run into those people at all. Okay. <laughs> um, all right. But, but I do run into, obviously, um, you know, fitness enthusiasts all the time uh, who are doing, you know, a lot of uh, generally a lot of volume and frequency or, mm-hmm. or they at least have that belief. If, 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 if I am, you know, coming from them, them talking now, you know, if I am to get results, I have to put in the work every single day. Right. Um, I actually I don't. So if I'm having a conversation with someone, I don't put a lot of energy into trying to make them change because I've noticed that that is a often a big waste of energy Oh yeah, um, yeah. because a lot of people are set in their ways. Um, and I don't even ask people or, or really try to get them to listen to the podcast because I already know how overwhelmed people are with information. So yeah. I only want them to, to ask these questions and listen to my show if it's something that they really want to do, if it's you know it's a part of their kind of self-advocacy. Um, but... Uh, for those people that do listen to the show um, and then have a conversation with me afterwards, it is quite fascinating. And it's so awesome to hear, um, you know, to learn when people have these like big epiphanies because they've got, you know, they're stuck in these kind of health and fitness paradigms where more yeah. is better. Yep. Um, and then they listen to the show. They start kind of understanding. They hear for the first time people articulate, you know, what is exercise? What does strength training do to the body? You know, they've, they've, before that a lot of them have probably only really been exposed to kind of magazine articles and bro science right right um so that's really cool to see that and obviously a lot i'm sure as i'm sure you do you know i occasionally get emails from people saying uh, you know pr- showing their appreciation for the content and then giving me an anecdote or you know a, a short story on how it's affected their lives and it's so cool man to see someone go from like training a ton to consolidating it down having more time for everything else in their life but also still getting great results and even better results in some cases than they were before Mm -hmm. um which is which is pretty awesome so i don't know if i answered the question that well but no it does because i I think a lot of people that at least that i work with um and i know the people you talk to at least work with they i see a lot of people who have that type a personality and if they if they can first of all if they realize how important exercise, uh, in particular strength training, is to incorporate into their life, that they're going to benefit from it. And then they start to think. I think a lot of times when when a type A personality thinks about that, they think, well, I have to split up muscle groups and I have to do upper body, lower body, because we we've been kind of um, we've been streamlined into strength training equals bodybuilding, which is a totally t- different type of uh, of exercise and workout in itself, and totally it's a, it's a different lifestyle. But when you start to to get those people in the door and they're like, I'm going to try to be here as often as I can. Can I come five days a week? And you're like, you can come five days a week, but we're going to be doing a lot of other different things. I said, what I would like to see is you come at least twice a week. And, you know, I've stopped trying to feed them um, 
30-minute appointments because I think for the, for the most part, most people twice a week for 30 minutes is ideal. If they say, I want to do an hour twice, two to three times a week, I'm like, great, well, you know, let, let's make this happen because you kind of got to meet them where they are, right? Yeah, um, totally. that's, that's when you start, that's when I as a professional have to start incorporating um, more mobility. Where are, they, where are they flexible? When they come in the door, where's their mind, where's their mind frame? Where's their mindset? Uh, do they got to jet out early? You know, are they going to be on a call when they come in? So there's all these different things, not to mention everything that I don't see, like their sleep, their eating habits, their social life. And But when you see somebody kind of buy into it and they start to realize, I don't have to do that much when I'm in the gym. I can get my ass in and out and move on with my life. Oh, my God. It, it's like this big relief. It's not something else that they have to tack on, you know, an extra hour to an hour and a half a day. Um, so I, I think... In that terms, like the way um, you have things set up and the way it's transformed your life and the way that you relay all of the information um, is is great and it's essential for people who are who are looking to incorporate a healthy lifestyle inside of their already hectic uh, and busy day. No, no matter what kind of job you have, I mean, everybody is busy, right? I mean, it's just it's all relative, I guess. But um, so that's awesome. Tell me a little more about why you're talking to people like Jim Flanagan, uh, Wayne Westcott, Drew Bay, those kind of those kinds of people. Yeah. So um, obviously, like Drew Bay, I've been talking to from. You know, I've had him on the show tons, and uh, you know, we just just published an episode today actually on exercise science, which is a little mini clip. Um, Drew Bay is always fun to, to listen to as well because he mm -hmm. tends to be quite controversial. Um, but he, yeah, so people like him and like the exercise specialists, like I like talking to them for, you know, I enjoy digging into the debates around exercise frequency and volume and uh, intensity and workout programming and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I think that a large percentage of my listeners um, or, you know, at least a significant percentage are hard gainers. Yeah. So guys or girls, uh, but mostly guys um, who have tried other workout protocols um, and, you know, they, they've not had success doing that. Uh, and then they've moved over to something like high intensity training and either they've had more success or they've had the same results, but they're putting in a lot less time to get the <laughs> same results. Um, so so that that's that's kind of why I talk to those guys. Um, but also, uh, you know, people like Jim Flanagan. You know, I I'm, I guess with my show, I've realised that I've um, I'm holding a no 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 about a top spot, but certainly uh, uh, I've got a good position in the kind of high intensity training podcasting field. So in complete honesty, um, I wanted to get Jim and people like Jim on the show because I want to give my listeners what they want. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I'm not personally, whilst I find, I found Jim to be fascinating to listen to and I only had to ask the guy two or three questions <laughs> and he just goes off on one. Uh, actually, I know, I know you had him on recently too. I listened to a yeah. bit of that. Um, you know, he, he's a fascinating guy and a very wise man, mm -hmm. but you know, I, I'm not as passionate as some of my listeners about the, romantic history of mm. Nautilus and Medex and Arthur Jones. I find it interesting, but I'm not obsessed about it. Okay. You know? And yeah. I don't mean that obsessed in a bad way. I mean, like, I think if you're really into that and I know people that are, oh, I think that's really cool. Like if you love learning, yeah, well, they, yeah, yeah, you're probably more passionate about it than I am. Um, then that's great. Yeah. You know? Um, and that's fine. But my motive really was to give my listeners what they wanted. Mm -hmm. Um, so I tried to, and that's not to say I didn't want to talk to Jim. Of course I did. Um, 
and that's the same for for all, all my guests but you know i try and strike that balance of okay I'm going to try and do as many interviews where I can, where I'm passionate about the subject. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm also, you know, if listen, my listeners really want to hear from a certain individual and it happens to be relevant to the niche, to the, you know, to the, to the, to the theme, then I'm happy to do that. Yeah. You know? um, mm-hmm. I just, I don't know if you've noticed this, but um, and I'm sure you probably have, because you've done, you know, similar number of episodes to me yeah. is that if you're not into the interview, it just doesn't turn into a good interview. Right. You know, you've got to be really like, I think you have to be interested to make it great. Definitely. Um, so that, that that's uh, that's something that I'm I, I have a challenge with sometimes. Yeah, I do too. You know, that's kind of funny because there have been sometimes where people have said, "Hey, have you heard of this person? You should go check them out." And then I do, and they're like, "Yeah, do you have them on your podcast?" I'm like, "No." Well, why not? I'm like, "Well, I don't want to offend that person, but it's like, like you said, we're in an interesting spot." Now I'm getting a little off topic, but we're in an interesting spot because since we have our own shows, but we're catering to, 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 to people we want to get across. We, we both have a responsibility to create great content, good information, but at the same time, like I don't want to do something and we don't have to do something that we absolutely don't want to. So we're in a, we're in a pretty unique position, um, to do, to do things like that. Like I've had a lot of people talk to me about how come we're not interviewing, uh, people at, uh, Queen City CrossFit and stuff like that. And it's like, well, you know, I don't have an interest in CrossFit. There's a plenty of other people out there, you know, well, I want to listen to you though. I'm like, well, you're, I'm sorry, but I'm not going to do those kind of things. Uh, most because I don't want to get into an argument. You know, that doesn't make for a good podcast. Most, sometimes it does, but not all the time. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So, you know, you, let's talk a little bit more about what, what used to be your workout routine or regiment or uh, a program versus what you do now. I always find that interesting, especially from someone who who's kind of condensed their their time like yourself. Yeah, so I um, it's evolved a lot over the years, uh, as I'm sure uh, you know everyone's workout does. Um, but I I was really into this this book called the Spartan Health Regime, which was uh, given to me. Uh, from someone I, I I used to work with years ago, who's a very successful entrepreneur, but he's also a very healthy-looking individual. Um, so I was always fascinated with how he managed to achieve such great health and maintain that. So one day he just stamps his book down on my desk and says, "There you go, read this." Um, and you know, it, it, it was definitely a step in the right direction. Like the Spartan Health Regime was basically. Uh, it was a, a big focus on compound multi-joint strength training exercises um so the general workout was like uh it, it was very like consolidated already so it was like monday would be um uh, bicep curls and chin-ups and then you would you would progress using like weighted chin-ups and obviously increasing the weight of the barbell mm-hmm. uh, and then on the wednesday i do uh, like squats and deadlifts and then on the friday i do um uh, push-ups and overhead press, which oh, wow. was kind of silly in hindsight because, you know, you're just, yeah, smashing it's just, your delts. No re- yeah, yeah. It's just I just don't think there's any real need to split them up like that. I'm not yeah. a big advocate of like bro splits as they call them. Um, and then in amongst that, I would do like you know crunches and ab work. I'd do grip work. I'd use the old Captains of Crush grippers. Oh yeah. I don't tend to. Y- use them as much these days because i find a good old chin-up workout kind of does the grip you know uh, or any any kind of pulling motion um and then 
you know, so that would be like Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So each one has workouts. It'd be quite brief. You know, you're looking at probably no longer than half an hour and with the ab work and grip work thrown in. Um, and then kind of Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, sorry, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, I do like my more steady state work. So I do high intensity interval training, like sprints, you know, I, I kind of like sprint to a lamppost, jog to the next lamppost, sprint to the next, that type of thing. Uh, I do hill sprints in the same fashion, um, or that would be more sprint up a hill, you know, light jog down, mm -hmm. sprint back up, do 10 of those. Uh, and, and then I do like one long run a week where I do like an hour and a half jog, you know, and then yeah. I play basketball as well on top of that. So I was like, you know, training eight to 10 times a week, you know, sometimes twice a day. Um, I was really ripped. Like I had like a, you know, it was probably like, I was probably like five, 6% body fat, but my, I didn't have a great deal of muscle mass. Um, and you know, I, I didn't feel great. You know, I felt overtrained. I felt fatigued. Mm -hmm. And obviously as I've, as I've already touched on that kind of like, uh, that kind of affected that my entire life really. Uh, and then how it changed is, is quite dramatic as you, as you know, it's, um, it went from that to pretty much starting off with the big five. So the big yep. five, which is a workout in body by science, um, which is a, a pull down chest press, seated row, overhead press and leg press performed with single sets of failure. So it takes roughly, you know, 15 minutes ish yep. to complete. So I was doing that once a week. I was incredibly regimented about my tracking. You know, mm -hmm. I had to improve every week, like just by the book, you know, I'm, I'm less obsessed with that stuff now. Um, and then I played basketball once, usually once a week. And that was more, but I didn't really consider that exercise. That was more like recreation, yeah. you know? Um, whereas the, 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 the main stimulus for the week was going to come in that, you know, that big five workout. And I did that for, for months. And then I, I, I pared down to a two and three way split, which are kind of progression protocols that Doug recommends in body by science. Um, and then more recently I've kind of moved on to body weight cause it's easier, um, you know, I, I live in an area where unfortunately I don't have access to like Nautilus and medics and that type mm -hmm. of stuff. Um, so I'm kind of defaulting to body weight exercises, but I really enjoy using body weight. You know, I miss machines. I, you know, machines are incredibly accurate at fatiguing target muscles right. uh, and very effective as you know, but like, uh, so body weight is not quite as efficient from a, in terms of like an exercise standpoint, mm -hmm. but just, you know, so long as you're covering, you know, the full, the full musketry, I think you're going to get what you can get. Yep. Um, and I just enjoy, I kind of enjoy that mastery curve, you know, of learning how to perform these movements really well. Yeah. Um, so now my workouts are like, I have like an AB bodyweight routine. That's like chin ups, rows, push ups. I do that twice a week and I play basketball once a week still, although I'm, I'm hesitate. I'm not sure if I'm going to continue doing basketball cause I keep getting injured. So mm. <laughs> yeah, I heard, I heard on your, on the last podcast with, uh, Westcott, how you, you, uh, was it your ankle? your it's knee calf. your calf was, that's yeah, right was, yeah, uh, yeah yeah it's probably it's probably a muscle within my calf that i don't know the name of and um, that you may um and it just popped when i was running um <sighs> so yeah i was just kind of accelerating i hadn't really warmed up properly so that was probably part of the reason and it just went and then i was on crutches for three days and it's fine now i'm pretty much fully healed um but i just get these little niggling pains every now and again which i think are just you know with sport, 
and this is I, I I talk to uh, you know the likes of Dr. James Steele and James Fisher about this type of stuff because they're obviously far more clued up on this than me. Uh, and for those listening, those are, guys have been on my podcast multiple, yeah. multiple times. They're, they're, awesome. they're uh, sports scientists. Yeah. And um, I'm not sure if you had them on yours. Or, uh, no, I haven't. But um, I I need to get a hold of them because I I do admire yeah, their work yeah. a lot. Yeah, man. Um, but I often like you know message them and say you know we have these conversations about you know, sport and minimizing risk. And, you know, James still made the good point, which is that let's just be clear, we're not removing risk entirely. You know, you can do everything to minimize risk, but there's still always going to be risk. And with yeah. sport, as soon as, you know, as you get older, there's always an element of risk there. And uh, it's whether or not you want to take on that risk versus yep. not doing it at all, right? So Yeah, you're, <laughs> yeah, like by exercise and strength training, you're hoping to reduce Hopefully, you, re- you reduce the likelihood that you're going to, but then you reduce the amount in the chance that you do. One thing that we know for sure, though, and I'm sure you can agree on, is that exercise, in general, there shouldn't be any room uh, for injury. Like when you hear people talk about, yeah, man, I was just in the gym the other day, I was doing squats, hurt my knee, ah, it just comes with the territory. No, you were doing something wrong. <laughs> because anything inside the gym, should you should not get hurt doing. It shouldn't. There shouldn't be... Um, there shouldn't be any room, any room for that kind of talk. Now, if you're doing, if you're playing basketball and things like that, uh, football, I- any kind of sport, I mean, there's always room because you're dealing with outside forces that you really can't control, um, like other people, for instance. You know, uh, right. I-, I would even go as far as to say, like the surface that you're playing on, you know, things like that. So those things are going to happen, but hopefully, what you're doing in the gym is going to, you know, minimize your uh, the longevity that you're going to be you know, removed from that sport. Yeah. And also it kind of, as you know, like it's also the fact that you're improving and, and building on your shock absorber, right? Your muscles mm. and your ligaments and tendons and strengthening those so that you are slightly more resilient. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, just strength training is just so beneficial. It's ridiculous. There's yeah, it, so many benefits that come out of it. It is. And it's still, it's so funny because we're still stuck in, I, I talk to people that come in and you know, I would say it's, just the older segment, but it's not true. There, there are um, mostly, I would say, mostly the female populations that I deal with. When you start talking strength training, they automatically say, "I don't want to get big." I'm like, you know what? The workouts that we're gonna do, it's not gonna happen. Um, and just the fact that they say that automatically like guarantees that they are they're not going to get huge like they think they're going to like the amount of work right. and the type of uh, workouts that 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 takes uh, is totally different the guys on the other hand uh, the male populations are a little more sold um on the intensity honestly i kind of think that you can almost sell anybody who's who's maybe in like that 50 age range maybe a little bit younger uh down to like the teens on um a very intense workout I think you'll, it's easier to sell from my point of view, it's easier to sell, to quote unquote, sell them on or to tell them the benefits of very hard work, you know, in a short amount of time. Um, right. I'm not really sure where I was exactly going with that, but the the difference between the, the male and the female protocol is like, I mean, we all have the same type of muscles. Um, they all do basically the same things, not basically, they all do the same things, biceps contracts, you know, pronases, supinates the hand. Those kind of things is what I'm talking about. Obviously, the body's built differently. You know, like women and 
and like playing basketball, for instance, cutting, if you're doing a lot of hip work, a lot of um, ankle work and things like that, hopefully you, you reduce the amount of ACL injuries you, you see on the court and things like that. But um, for the most part, you can take someone who is 80 years old and run them through the exact same kind of workout as a 16-year-old um, high school, like all-American football player would be, or 18-year-old, whatever, whatever the age is. The intensity is what's going to be the biggest difference. I mean, isn't it funny? Like that. That's so. Sorry, I cut you off. No, 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 no. no that, that's it. I mean, just the the intensity of the workouts are going to be are going to be completely different. That the eighty year old, their intensity level obviously can be very high for what they can accomplish, uh, and the same for that the eighteen year old all, all American football player. But you can take them through the exact same style of workout. Yeah, man. Like the. It's funny, isn't it? How um, you know? And I remember I've heard Doug say this that you know this is people say oh you know how what's optimal for muscular hypertrophy well you could probably do the big five and optimize your hypertrophy you know mm -hmm. we're splitting hairs beyond that and there'll be a lot of high intensity training people that listen to this that probably completely disagree with that statement but i don't think so i think you know what you said rings really true it's like actually the workouts uh, those two people at those different ends of the spectrum the workouts are very similar if not identical yeah it's just the way their practice is different based mm -hmm. on the ability to 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 you know to to train intensely um and yeah the intensity is going to be different so i just think that's fascinating because that is like so antithetical to the whole health and fitness industry yeah. i mean your podcast is big on kind of exposing the myths you know, within the fitness industry. And I think one of those is just the amount of complexity and programming. You know, there's yeah. all these weird and wonderful training programs out there. But, you know, I what we're basically saying is like, you know, you can get strength training gives you pretty much all the things you're looking for from a workout in terms of muscle mass, strength, overall health, etc. The actual program is the same for everyone. And then, okay, you tweak it slightly to help people progress and maybe address certain areas, but it's minor. Yeah, you it know? is. The, mm -hmm. the, the blueprint is the same. And um, yeah, I, I personally find that incredibly liberating and fascinating. And it it's is. just so interesting how it's, it opposes the whole <laughs> the whole fitness industry in a way. Yeah, it is. It's it's funny because when you when you take somebody, let's say you're you want to you know target the lats, for instance, you know, the lats only do a couple things. And there's so many and there's a lot of research suggesting now that, you know, if you do a pull up, no matter um, what grip you're using, overhand, underhand, neutral, you're going to be targeting the same muscle group. But anyway, there's, you know, you, you start to educate people on, okay, if you, if you want to train the lats using body weight, using, um, uh, resistance bands, using machines, it doesn't matter the modality. It matters how effectively you can use that modality. And that's, that's the so, biggest issue. Um, I think that I, that I see when people say, well, you know, I get bored a lot. I'm like, if it was up to me, they would do the exact same 12 exercises every time they stepped in the gym. <laughs> like, but, but unfortunately, um, in the personal training industry, there is a level of, um, I use this word lightly, but, uh, entertainment where you have to keep people interested. Um, you know, and, and I would love to have somebody come in and I, and I do have some people that come in and I could have them do the exact same workout. We could, uh, slow the exercises down a little bit. We could speed up their uh, uh, the recovery or their uh, um, the time between exercises. We could manipulate all those kind of things. But after a while, people just like to have variance. And I think as as a practitioner, if you understand how basic 
um, the movements have to be, and you just try to be extremely efficient at the basic things and make those things just a little bit more challenging. Because um, obviously you and I both know that some some people can be taken to failure, muscular failure, in that like hypertrophy situation, uh, for instance. They can be taken to that every single workout. Should most people be taken there? I, I think that most people should train to failure some of the time, <laughs> if that makes sense. I don't know if it's for every single person. I don't, you know, is the 80-year-old person um, going to recover as quickly? No. Um, you know, that 18-year-old person, they're going to recover super, super quickly, and they'll be able to come back in a couple of days later and and just destroy it again. And they might be able to do that um, repeatedly for years and years, and eventually you, you might see a little taper, but it's going to, it's obviously going to vary for everybody, but um I'm going to start getting on a soapbox and going down like, I'll just start talking and talking and talking. You're, you're the expert. You're, you know, you're in the trenches. I'm, I'm just interviewing guys like you, you know? <laughs> well, it's it just, there's so many different ways to go about it and there's no one right way to do it. Your body adapts. That's why there's so much research on all of these training protocols. That's why everybody's butting heads about which one to use because everybody gets results. You know, it's interesting to me if you find someone who wants to take the results, because I don't, I, I honestly don't, as much as I love training people and training myself, I don't want to spend all freaking day in the gym. I already spend five to one in the afternoons and I got to work on myself, you know, and, and I love doing that, but I don't want to spend an extra two hours training myself. I want to get in and out in the most effective, uh, protocol I possibly can. And I think that's where nobody is really focusing a lot of time on and being open to discussion about it. Nobody is saying, hey, your protocol works. We understand that. It takes it takes 90 minutes. Your protocol also works. It takes 25 minutes. What is, what's the, the overall arching platform? Is it intensity? Is it volume? Is it rest days? Nobody's taking, they're just taking their, their own dogma and they're just running with it. And they're turning it into something that, um, that people are like live or die by, you know? I'm going to take a break. Say something while I take a drink. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I, I agree. I agree. It's, uh, it's difficult to try and get, um, you know, a co cohesion, uh, between all these different groups, you know, mm -hmm. the, 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 uh, you know, I, the, a lot of people call them like high volume and high intensity training and separate the two out like that. But, you know, if we're just looking at those two factions, but right. the funny thing is the irony of that is the, you know, I think if the high volume guys understood high intensity training better, they realized that actually the volume is probably not that different in a lot yeah. of cases. Um, but then to be fair to them, you know, it doesn't help when you've got everyone's it's a lot of the problems derived from the semantics, mm -hmm. you know, one person's version of high intensity training is different to another's. And I often think that we will, we all agree with each other on a number. If you actually broke down the specifics uh, of what we're talking about, um, we actually agree with each other a lot, um, a lot more than we think we do. Yeah, um, you're right. But that gets lost in the misunderstandings of what people mean when they use certain words. Uh, and I know that seems really like common sense, but I just honestly think that trips people up all the time, especially mm -hmm. in social media where the debates are endless and typically quite unproductive. And I try not to participate in them because I just think my energy is wasted there. I think is, yeah. my energy is better spent doing stuff like this, you know, having yeah. a, a, a fruitful conversation about this stuff. So I think so too, especially when you have so many people who 
pay attention to so many outlets and it's so easy for us to do that. I'm guilty of it. You know, I'm guilty of looking for, um, sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll hop on somebody's page and, and look for a different, uh, dynamic warmup, you know, but when it comes down to it, like, like you said, majority of the time, like you're, you're never going to talk to, you shouldn't at least talk to a fitness professional who disagrees with you that form should be foremost. If you, I haven't talked to anybody saying, you know, ah, eh, if they do, you know, if they do eight out of 10 of the repetitions incorrectly, those last two are fine. Like nobody's going to say that. Right. So, but those I are the things. say they're all in agreement on that. Yeah. Those, <laughs> but like the, those major things. And then, like you said, the semantics of it, like the programming, um, I don't even want to really get into it, but the people who are so focused on certain exercises to enhance sport, which is a whole other topic, we could go down the rabbit hole that's been an industry, a side industry all on its own. Um, when you realize what the body does and you train it uh, the most efficient way, all of the aspects of it improve. Speed, strength, agility, balance, you know, th- those kind of things. But um, – yeah, I think if we just have like more open conversations like like you're doing, like like this right now, then yeah. it's going to benefit everybody. You know, it's funny I'm, as you're saying that, it kind of made me think about you know if you if you look at like Brad Schoenfeld and James mm-hmm. Krieger and those guys who, um, you know, kind of it would seem in some cases take the I'm not going to say take an opposite stance to high intensity training, but they are seen by people within the hit community as being like uh, contrarians as being like people that believe in a, a more volume gets more results and all of this. But it what's actually quite interesting is we all kind of agree that resistance training is like the fountain of youth and <laughs> probably the most effective protocol for training. I don't care these days whether I do one set of three sets, you yeah. know, uh, unless I'm being really uh, anal about tracking every variable, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if, I, if I'm, if Drew Bay is like, Drew, sorry, Drew Bay is like coaching me or something, then, you know, then I'm going to be tracking everything far more rigidly. Um, but I don't think it matters that much in the grand scheme of things. And so I think the funny thing is, is we all agree that resistance training is really effective. And, um, you know, I had James Fisher back on recently to talk about uniting the hit community. But I just think that so much more could be done if all of the strength training, as you say, I don't know how to group them all together, but the okay, if we call it evidence based yeah. evidence-based resistance training community including brad and james and those guys and then you know the other side doug and drew and everyone else um kind of all just you know separated their differences because it's really all achieving the same outcome in my opinion and yeah. i don't think the differences really matter but you know what's more important is that group as a whole coming down on crossfit you know because I think that CrossFit, you know, if you practice it, it's a sport, right? So if you get, if you become good at the form of CrossFit, then yes, you can reduce the risk of those exercises having a, uh, you know, getting injured doing that type of training. But for the most part, I think it's incredibly dangerous. And I think it's not sustainable. I mean, you just have to see the number of injuries that come out of it. I'm sure you've seen, I'm sure you've had plenty of clients that used to do CrossFit, right? Oh yeah. Um, so, so I think it's, you know, not to pick on CrossFit, you know, in, in isolation, but there's lots of bad practices going on um, within health and fitness that need to be exposed. Um, and I think we could do that more effectively if 
we stopped splitting hairs over what's the most effective protocol for muscle hypertrophy, yeah. which I'm guilty of doing on my show. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. no, you make a good point though. But then to to flip it again, uh, to bring something you said, like they still have, I think as a overall as a as a a community and as a culture, what CrossFit has been able to do for exercise and to generate a lot of people uh, to get moving is is unbelievable. Unfortunately, you know, all of the, the risks and the outcomes that have come from a lot of those um, participants, that's, that's just disappointing. And how maybe how they sell it also with, you know, you see those, the men and women alike who are just built to the nines, man, and just who can do everything and who are literally freaks of any kind of, any kind of thing that they would have put their mind to, they would have been the best at. You know, I, I compare the CrossFit, the CrossFit Games athletes to um, the NFL players. Uh, you you know, the, the regular everyday person, if they think they're going to look and perform like those people, they are basically playing like peewee football. And those those people that you see on uh, the CrossFit Games, those are the NFL athletes. You, you know what I mean? They're both playing football. They're both doing CrossFit. But the separation is so great. However... You know, everybody that you just mentioned may might agree that it's get, it's getting people moving. It's it, it's done something to the fitness industry, whether that's highlight the negatives or highlight some positives, um, whether it be a positives of, and I don't personally feel this way, but of Olympic lifting, um, whether it's 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 shed light on like mobility or something like that. It's done something to the fitness industry. We can all agree to that. Um, yeah, that's a good point. You make a good point, actually. I do think you know, you know thinking about it, I do think it it's it's getting it's 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 increasing the awareness of the value of strength training. There you go. Even if the byproduct is uh, is causing more injuries, <laughs> because it gets people like you and I talking about why we maybe necessarily don't care for it. It gets the conversation started. Yeah. And and at least that at least it's doing that. <laughs> if it's if it's sending people to uh to get surgery, you know, it's filling those people's pockets full of money. It's a great uh it's a great um economy stimulator. We know that. <laughs> but uh in all seriousness, no, like that, you know, I think I think um I think smart, programmed, efficient exercise is always the way to go. I think the people that you talk to, the work that you're doing, your background, your knowledge. Um, of, of how much you're learning and you're putting the application towards, um, you know, I, that, that's, that's to me more valuable than anything else. And we're in an age now where, you know, 10 years ago, we could, we weren't, we wouldn't even know each other. We wouldn't have this opportunity to talk shop, you know, just talk about something that we enjoy. We wouldn't be able to talk to, uh, the Westcott's and the Flanagan's of the world. It just wouldn't have happened. And, um, we're just so fortunate. And I think we've got a long future ahead of us to keep spreading good knowledge. So I, I hope, um, I hope this gets out to people who need to hear it. And uh, Lawrence, it's you and I, me, Eric. what's that? <laughs> it's you and me. It's that's it. Because <laughs> yeah. I don't know, there are there are a few other little shows. I think Adam Zuckerman's got Informed Fitness, uh, his podcast where he interviews um, high intensity training guys. But uh, there's not that many, you know, there's not that many shows out there talking about high intensity strength training, which is good for us in a way. Yeah. Um, but, but, uh, yeah, so we've got a big responsibility, I you know, and I, and I don't want to put, I don't want to like, you know, if, if people get, if people have never heard of fitness scanner podcast, which I'm sure a lot of people haven't, but 
they if they get on and they start looking at some of my other guests, I have other guests that are researchers who maybe don't practice high intensity training or slow training or you know who are maybe more on the um, um, uh, Olympic lifting side of things. And if you really pay attention, you might so you might say like, oh Eric, you know you're kind of talking out of both sides of your mouth. But if you really pay attention to the questions that I ask them, it's it's not me like promoting that sport in particular, but it's me me trying to get out. They're obviously very knowledgeable people, and I think they're very smart at what they do. Um, so it's like pulling that information out to get to the people who who need to hear it, who maybe need to step back and say, oh yeah, that's another way I can protect my athlete or protect the person who's doing this motion. Um, so I can't say like everybody, you know, that I'm interviewing ha has the, the same, the same mind because that, that, that would be disingenuous, but, um, you know, try to do the best job you can. Right. That's it, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, Lawrence, I, I know it's a, a late, late where you are and I, I appreciate you taking the time. If people want to learn more about you, where's the best ways to reach out? So I would just give them one URL, which is if they search corporatewarrior.org, um, that will actually redirect them to the 15-minute Corporate Warrior page where there is all of the podcasts that okay. I've done. So there's like 121 today listed there. Um, and then you'll find the blog there too. So that's that that's the blog page for the podcast, but there'll also be tabs for, you know, homepage and you can navigate the blog from there. So corporatewarrior.org is where I would send people. Awesome. Great. And I think um, we could probably do a whole other podcast on – on that last topic of like CrossFit and like spreading the word and stuff like that. So I kind of made a note to reach back out to you. <laughs> yeah, no worries. Anyway. But all right. All right, Lawrence, I appreciate it. And we'll talk to you very soon. Thanks for having me, Eric. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you'd like to suggest a topic or be a part of the show, get in touch with Eric on any social media platform at Eric Feigl or email fcp at ericfeigl.com. Make sure to check back every Tuesday and Thursday for more fitness candor. 